y'all welcome back uh super excited this week like uh like real deal extra value meal excited uh, i got eric and vance here you know the two wings of this bird and we have a we have a special guest this week uh by far the most famous guest we've ever had on the show tonight we have grant brook founder of twiga am i saying that right by the way how do you say it yeah twiga Twiga. All right. So, I mean, for those of you that don't know, Twiga is a Swahili word, which means giraffe, which uh, that's right, guys. We actually have the inventor of giraffes on the show tonight. We, we hit the big time. Um, but yeah, I actually did take Swahili in college, or at least a little bit, sort of kind of pay attention. So, Grant, I want to welcome you to the show, Jumbo. Jumbo. <laughs> See, Jumbo. See, that's all. Literally, I couldn't name you three more words. I know how to say hello. <laughs> it's like I, I didn't pay. Anyways, uh, Grant Brook, for those of you that don't know, his company, according to PitchBook.com, which is X company, has over 400 employees valued somewhere just shy of $30 million. Like it's 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 a huge company, far bigger than any I've ever done. So the question is, why on earth would Grant take time out of his very busy schedule to slum with us schmucks? Well, here's why. Because in 2004... During the Super Bowl halftime show, uh, the four of us, Eric Vance, Grant, and I, were playing basketball on a lowered basketball hoop. And while Justin Timberlake and Janet Jackson were having a totally accidental wardrobe malfunction, I was too busy being an aggro fool. And when I tried to dunk, I broke Grant's nose. And dude, I genuinely still feel bad for that. I am so, so sorry. Uh, quick left turn, Matt Epright. If you're listening, genuinely, I apologize uh, sincerely. I, I feel like I'm, I'm my name is Earl tonight, but I mean it. I'm sorry to both of you. So, yeah, moving on. I did have a ton of standard business questions uh, to ask Grant. I think we all did. But just texting recently, uh, like an hour before we started recording, Grant was like, look, I get asked questions about work all the time. So we're going to make a live ask action left turn. And we're just going to start asking some we're just going to ask some silly questions um, to start, though, Grant, if you don't mind, just just to. Give a, a quick, you know, one minute or less summary. Twigo, what is it in case people listening actually don't know? Because, I mean, I've Googled it or whatever, but just in case, what what is it or was it? Or, you know, I know you used to run it, but, you know, give me a one minute or less condensed if you can. Yeah, so Twigo is now the um, largest food distribution uh, business in, in East Africa and is, is um, kind of funded now after COVID to, to go across the continent. And what we do is for small retailers, mostly retailers through kiosk and roadside vendors like mom and pop shops. Um, we allow them to order stock for their fruit and vegetables and cooking flour and all that kind of stuff off their phone and to deliver directly to their to their shops. And because thousands and thousands of them order, we, we then are able to aggregate the market for farmers um, um, in East Africa to, to give them a more reliable market. Um, yeah. So that's awesome. Uh, okay, I, I, genuinely, that's that's amazing. I'm sure you've been told that a lot. So, I mean, look, whatever. I promise I won't ask a lot more work questions, but that's I do. Fine. I, I got to ask: running that large of a company, at any point, did it become mundane, or you know what I mean? Like, did it, did it ever get to the point where it was just routine? Because, like, from my point of view, it seems like that would be like you wake up every day, like, oh my god, look at this. But like, at any point, did it, you know, kind of become just like a normal, like a normal Wednesday? It was just like a, a boring Wednesday. Um. So it went from uh, we founded at the end of 2014, and at that time had about five employees. And then um, over the next five years, it went up to now there's a thousand um, or just over a thousand uh, daily. A thousand? Google and, um, said four hundred. Yeah, hey, yo, yo, your stats are wrong. My stats are way wrong. I, I don't know what the stats say. 
Um, Pitchbook.com. Uh, Anyways. And your job changes a lot. So, so like I, I, I care a lot about like core, like first principles, problem solving and uh, small team building and stuff like that. And, and by the, the end, um, you know, when like Goldman Sachs was investing and all this was happening, my, my job became administration and HR um, because, because you're just running a, an institution at that point. Um, and, um, Peter, who, who's now the CEO, um, who came from, he, he was running most of Coca-Cola on the continent. So he's really good at managing those kind of institutional stuff. And I, I didn't like it at all. Uh, I like small problems and, and wait, I like uh, running small teams. Co- wait, 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 he was running Coca-Cola on the continent? On what continent? Like the business. He wasn't just like, like on the continent Coca-Cola of Africa is running Coca-Cola? Yeah, he was president of coke for i think it's um, <laughs> yes. um so so that was a big part of me deciding to step down was i just wasn't having fun because it wasn't mundane but but my life was hr and boards and a lot of finance work and and stuff like that and it was no longer about product and field and the, the kind of conceptual problem had been solved and i was executing upon it um, so, oh, that actually makes sense. Uh, yeah, and I mean, I'm not surprised. Like, you know, we've known each other forever. You were always an incredibly smart dude. But that was—is that what attracted you to the idea of that large scale of, of a task? Was just the the problem solving of it? Y- yeah, that's um, um, the the kind of things I like to tackle. Are I really like like market failures or or like sociological inefficiencies um that that you can solve by staring at for a long time uh so you're gonna and, you're uh, gonna you're gonna solve covid for us <laughs> yeah is that what you're doing you're gonna solve what for you you're gonna solve covid for <laughs> you oh, solve COVID. corona for us is that what you're doing now no I, i'm not I, i'm just avoiding corona <laughs> <laughs> wow well you might want to change your stance because yep. Because I mean, because so so for anybody listening, you are back in the states. Uh, we were just saying you were. In, you're, are, are you in Michigan or Chicago? So I'm in Michigan. I, I came back to the U.S. in March and um, basically got stuck here. So I, I wow. um, have a place in Cape Town in South Africa, and then kind of float around Kenya, and had been intending to spend start spending about half my time in the U.S. And um, so so yeah, I flew over me here, too. and now there are no flights. And there's no traveling. So I'm stuck. How long have you like, been in a hotel then? How long? Yeah. Um, since so that's not whole time. Oh no, I, I I've been in. I went to um, Sedona, and then I I had a small apartment in in San Francisco, but the the time zone was too messed up for work um, because it's ten hours off from my team. Um, and so, uh, so I decided to, I like San Francisco, like San Francisco, a great place to be. Um, but now it's just getting a little bit too much of a hassle. So th- for the past couple of weeks, I've been on this little road trip, but then I'm going to DC for mostly time zone issues. Gotcha. That's awesome. Uh, Joe said that he was surprised that Clark Holscher didn't beat you and, and, uh, who is more, most likely to succeed. And do you know if we voted on that in high school? Well, I don't think anybody would have voted on voted for me for most likely to succeed. I was just kind of <laughs> off doing my own thing. Do you remember uh, like voting for Clark though? Because do we? Vote I don't on remember. That? 
I don't. Did we do a thing where we have voted for people to do things? I feel like I, we didn't. That's not an HP thing. Yeah, I don't think they would have allowed that. Quite honestly. Yeah, dude, e, they didn't allow you to give your senior quote that you wanted. So like, there's no way they allowed the rest. No, of I got the it in vote. there. Don't you worry. You're a sister. Did you? Add yeah. a kid. Yeah. Add a kid. Shout out to office. <laughs> so okay, so Saudi Arabia or Yemen doing accounting work. Get out of here. Yeah. So y'all are both like world travelers. Like that's wild. Well, we've never met up and I'm in Dubai all the time and I'm, I email him a couple times a year saying, come over, but he's um, less of a traveler than I am. I think he's just considers that kind of home. I think he's that. How, how far is that for the geographically ignorant of us? Same. Yeah. We're talking like a so, train ride, a couple hours. Dubai is a five hour flight from Nairobi mm-hmm. and is kind of my hub for going in getting direct flights to the U.S. or Europe because the airline's quite nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Clark is like an hour or two outside of Dubai. Okay. okay. How amazing is Dubai? Is it as amazing as the pictures make it look like? Like, is it that like futuristic? And just or does wild? it make less sense there than when you see it on TV? Yeah. Um, it, it, it's it's um, it's a really cool place. It, it's not somewhere I ever want to live because it's like very transient and. Um, there's like like 200,000 Emiratis and the government pays them something like $200,000 a year just because. Uh, so just as like a birthright as a citizen. Take and that, Andrew like, Yang. <laughs> and then there's like 10 million wow. other people that they've imported there basically. But those people are like really transient. And like, um, so it's not a place you would want to go and stay. Um, but it's, it's, it's a fun place to like hang out. Um, and see and stuff. So, it's like the world's New York or something. It just seems like it seems absolutely crazy. Yeah, a bit like Vegas without the decadence. Hmm. So they have gambling. Uh, I don't think so. Yeah, I thought they were morally pretty strict. Like I heard of a, a stand-up comedian there. They actually got like in big trouble because he made a joke that like was slightly worded wrong or something about one of the, the leaders or rulers over there and like got in big, big trouble. Like apparently that's like they're a pretty reserved culture, you know, socially. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they, they they have license for a lot. Like they allow drinking, but it can only be in hotels. So like everywhere is a hotel. Uh, <laughs> and We have one uh, room in the back and also a bar. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, um, but yeah, there are some things you can't I, get away with. I, I don't think you can go make fun of the regime there. Um, yeah. You probably like can easily open a brothel or something like that. <laughs> Great. My, my only question that I prepared was, have you, so you've like basically taken a step down from running the whole thing. And my only question was, what the hell are you going to do now? Oh, so I, I, um, um, Basically, well, I sit on a couple boards. I still sit on the board at Twiga. But now I'm on to build a new product that I'm working on, and it's called Shara, which is slang for, for business in Swahili-speaking countries for Bia Shara. And, um, Joe knew that. Yep. yep. Yeah, yeah. Joe yeah. was already on Definitely. Yeah. And um, the, the, I mean, the, the way um, the easiest way to put it is is it's like free Salesforce, if you know what Salesforce is in the U.S. Yeah. And, for for companies that are focused on emerging markets. Um, 
why the passion for is it just the the problem solving aspect or you seem to do you seem to have a genuine passion for helping people that are i mean to, to say impoverished i don't even know if that's the right term but you know what i mean by comparison to the, those of us living in the states like yeah. what, what what sparked that the, so developing nations um yeah. I, I think well uh, because of my mom mostly there was always like a bent towards what you call social justice or or stuff like that um and like i grew up watching civil rights documentaries that we check out at the library and things like that so I, I think there was like an ingrained presumption that you work in that space or, or work <laughs> in a space that makes life better um and um what what i really like then just kind of economically in the u.s so much of the gaps are filled so a few months ago, I was talking to one of the like early investors in in Snapchat, and he was saying uh, he's a VC in San Francisco, and he he was saying that you know my job is basically to keep people entertained with stupid products by investing in them, and um, so he spends all his time doing. And I feel like <laughs> I'm I'm lucky that my job is like to build products that matter for people where it can make material differences in their in their lives. Um, yeah. Um, but also it's, for me, it's worked out materially well as well. Um, so it's not like I'm, I've sacrificed a ton in, in doing so. Um, and, um, yeah, so you can do bigger things, I think, in a certain respect. Um, and it's adventurous. Um, and, um, and, uh, you can see change quickly, I think. Well, that leads me to one of the questions I got written down is what's like the most expensive food or drink you've ever had? You know what I mean? Like, what's the what's the stupidest fancy thing you've ever eaten or drank or you know whatever? Yeah, drink fancy thing. Um, hmm. I'm not like a giant foodie. Um, that's very sad. I'm so surprised, dude. That is like I thought. Oh. I was expecting you to say some crazy ass cocktail that like cost three grand or. Some steak that was like you know five hundred dollars. Like you, you don't indulge in, in such things. No, I mean I'll eat like weird things. Like I've eaten like like local homebrew beer from the Maasai, um, where it's like made in a okay. pit and there's crap floating on top. Um, whoa, whoa, whoa! Not, Let's not literal that. crap. Hold on. No, no, but that's it's literally made in a pit though. Like there's no bottling process. It's just some dude's yard. Yeah, it, it, it reminds me of, of um, when when my parents would tell stories about like working in prisons. They would talk about Pruno, where inmates would like steal <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, yes. and, and keep them in the back of their toilet bowls. Toilet it's the, Yeah, it's that. It's the equivalent of 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 that. Um, and there's like banana wine. They'll do it with bananas. They'll just like oh. keep um, uh, stocks of bananas around and make it in banana wine, which it doesn't. It's it's not good. Uh, like. <laughs> It loses all the good, all the good parts of the bananas, the sweet and all the <laughs> bad parts of the banana. Um, Just poison check. Yeah, Grant, you you so, have been a fan of the homebrew since I've known you because when uh, Rob and I came to visit you in in uh, I guess grad school, uh, y'all had a lot of moonshine. Oh, Dan Baker, <laughs> our, uh, yeah. my roommate from yeah. uh, from I Western actually, part of North Carolina. I remember his name because I drink a lot of Dan Baker's moonshine. 
that was the night where uh, w- the friend that was with me, I don't know if I'm allowed to actually say this, but that, oh, no, actually, no, I just wanted to say it. But ah! We drink a lot of that moonshine. I mean, come on. And my que- wait, and following that up, that was my only question, too. Do you ever keep up with the guy that that made the moonshine and or the other people at that party that were also like really into you? Everyone was like really into you at that party. Like all the people there were like, oh my God, I love Grant so much. Do you ever keep up with him? Really nice way of putting my grad school friends. Um, (laughs) Well, you know what? You know what? I got, yeah. I I don't, I I can't, that's all I can say. What the hell are you alluding to? This is not no, fair. Not Eric and I hate you right now. I'd say like seventy percent of them are still friends of mine. Um, and uh, Dan, Dan, the other thirty percent are in jail. What? What the hell am I missing? <laughs> Make no, it I, just baby. I just haven't. Kept, <laughs> I just haven't touched base with them uh, in in a while. Um, but that we used to have mead too. That my friend Kent, actually, who was visiting in Chicago, uh, would make the make the mead. We we're really into the. Uh, poor graduate student uh, uh, homebrews selections at that time. Yeah, well, I, I was into your moonshine. I I think I don't know. I don't really remember very much, but I had a good time. I think. Well, I remember you wearing a, a spandex Superman outfit to that party. Yes, that sounds about right. I wasn't and there, I but I can I confirm that. Far with that, too. Yeah, yeah, mm, yep. Yeah. I've been to the bar with you a couple. <laughs> I've been to the bar with Vance a couple of times where he wore some outlandish nonsense. And I had bartenders ask me like, is he on something? And I was like, actually, no, like uh, genuinely he's, he's maybe had a few beers, but no, no, he is sober as a bird. Otherwise, just, sir, just, a just an asshole. <laughs> the, the bartenders were friends of mine and he had to leave and we, we had to explain who Vance was. Uh, yeah. I, I had to, to leave. That that's, a, that's a, wait, you had to leave. Meaning, had, wait, did I have for the leave? spandex? For the pandemic, that's right. That makes sense. I buy that. I mean, it could have been for for something else, but (laughs) (laughs) I I don't remember. I don't know. That's fair. No, I I, I believe all of this. One, I don't even. I don't doubt a second of it. So, okay. Speaking of people that are really into you, and we can we can delete this if you don't want to go down this road. Are there like groupies in your space? Are there are there like you know like. Not even necessarily for sex, but like, are there people that are just like genuine hangers on that are just trying to like grab your coattails? I mean, have you noticed that? No, I mean, it's not, it's not that exciting. Um, no, <laughs> it just seems like it would be. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I'm, a, I'm actually a big believer that, that, that you are like the couple of people that surround you. And, um, and those are the projects I end up working on are the kind of <laughs> The, the projects that are inspired by the people that surround me. So whenever I do something like, I, like we just built a team for Shara and hired up like 15 people um, to start working on, like the first five or six are like the, the, the ride or dies, like the, the go-to people that, that are around and, and, and just waiting for, for a call kind of saying, let's, let's, let's hop on the next thing. So uh, I don't think they're groupies, but I actively like try to keep, like um people that are are good operators or inspirational thinkers or or like um just decent people around and to do things with them because it's, it's a lot more fun to do things with people you enjoy um and uh and there's a lot more trust in getting things done i think too um so but no no uh um like 
groupies. It, 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 like, yeah, it's 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 a bit weird in Kenya to be recognized at places and mean to have like exchanges with people where I don't know who that person is, but they know who I am. Um, and I'm really enjoying being in the U.S. because that doesn't happen. Um, I, I don't like those exchanges. What do you? How do you do that? Like, as somebody who's probably never going to have that happen, like, what yeah. is the move there? When someone you comes do, up to you and they know you, but you don't know them, how do you play that? Yeah, um, you. I mean, I, I I try to ask them questions to like get it get it to 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 norm to parody as quick as possible. Right. Um, right. Yeah. Um, and yeah, um, dude. That's it. The only thing I can even sort of relate, and this is by no means the same. Uh, my wife is from an incredibly small town in South Dakota, less than 3000 people, small town, one stoplight, small town. And uh, I, we met in college or whatever. And I went back to Texas and then I went and visited her one time. I'd never been in the state of South Dakota at the time. I'd never been there before. I'd never been in the entire state. And I went to Redfield, stayed the night, got in real late, stayed the night and got in real late, stayed the night, went up and went to breakfast the next morning with, uh, with my now wife, then girlfriend, whatever, her mom and her, and her grandma. We walk into a diner. In a town I've never been in, in a state I've never been in. And before I even sit down, somebody from across the restaurant yells, how does South Dakota compare to Texas? I've never been within 300 square miles of where I am right now. And everybody in this restaurant already knows exactly who I am because I'm that new guy that's coming to date. The, anyways, not the same at all, but it's incredibly off-putting. So I can imagine that you would enjoy leaving or whatever. But dude, in my head, your life is groupies and champagne, but it is clearly not at all what I'm projecting onto you. How much no, there's no champagne. Uh, <laughs> there's only homebrewed, ground <laughs> wine, brown, and, uh, and moonshine. <laughs> Actually, it, in Cape Town has really good champagne. Cape Town has really good wine. Um, but uh, other than uh, like, and Nairobi has that small town feel, and I like that when you go into like local places and you know people. Um, if, when I know them, and when Vance would come down to Princeton, Princeton was that way too. Where I, I like to take, I like to take time to get to know people, uh, like those bartenders. One of them, I would like tutor in the afternoon so he could become a third grade teacher. Like two years later, he was <laughs> oh, in school, awesome. and it's fun just to hang out with guys. And and then they do things like let your buddies back in. With me. Um, where spandex yeah. are parked. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. That's why, that's why I first felt the Grant perks. That's what I was really into. <laughs> Being in Grant's entourage. Don't remember it, but really, really, really happy about it. Okay, so uh, Vance told me while we were texting for uh, this was weeks ago or whatever. But ha have you been harassed by the paparazzi? Like, is that a, is that a thing? Um, I, I thought that he had been harassed for the paparazzi because I thought he was famous in Africa, which hopefully I'm right. <laughs> no, I mean, I've had some like, well, Twiga's had like any business um, that uh, like that's highly visible has, has media issues. And um, every once in a while, there'd be like security issues that pop up, but not, not um, a lot. Oh, the other like, topic here that i hate is when i'm like um a subject on twitter that like in kenya and people are talking about um us and don't know what they're talking about and uh, you, you you really want to jump in and like correct everything but you can't like go and correct every comment uh so you just kind of have to let it 
fly and, and trust that, that, uh, um, and I'm sure lots of people feel this way because, uh, Twitter's, Twitter's kind of accessible for this. Um, yeah, and trust that this is not the real world. Um, and, and it's like a subslice of a subslice of a subslice. But that's the, <laughs> the only like time, the only like context where I felt that we were like targeted or, or, uh, um, really unfairly get, had attention for anything. But you just have to sit there and take it. Like, at least you don't have to, but you know that the best course of action is just to let them talk their shit, even though you know it's not true, but engaging is, is a bad option. Is that, is that kind of the, 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 the play yeah. there? Yeah. God, and, and like just suck. let the PR people keep like to, to working with mainstream media houses and, and try to ignore it. So, I, I turned off my Twitter account for like three years and just recently turned it back on uh, because, because I, I don't think I'm any longer like the, the, also one of the sucky things about a public, like um, a company that's so public is that your opinions are synonymous with the business's opinions. There's no separation between the two. Um, so, so like my own Twitter profile had basically become um, a company um, profile and there's no space for the self, which is one of the big challenges with like um, one of the big ethical challenges, I think, with social media is um, when Facebook came out, Zuckerberg used to always say there's one identity, one identity, like you should have one identity. So it's some kind of ethical good to have one identity. But <laughs> we're really all do like multiple selves. So um, um, there's a there's a book that points out the example that like when you take a a trip let's say you're a college student um and you go to barcelona you 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 tell your parents about like the uh, about how beautiful the museums and all that your, yeah and you tell your professors about all the cultural experiences you had and you tell your buddies about how late you stayed up at night and yeah, when you yeah, try yeah. to like merge that into one identity um it actually actually sacrifices like a piece of oh, yourself yeah, that's interesting. And so you think social media in and of itself does that to everybody? Or that's the hypothesis of this book? No, it's just a passing note in this book. Um, but I, I think it forces people like to, to view the world as though a thousand people are watching them um, at all times. And they behave differently. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. When that good. Dude, I that scares me just as a random left turn. I mean, I, I got two kids now, and they, you know, they're four too, so they don't know anything. But they are going to live in the world where everybody's watching them. Like that's that is the future. Is that everything you do is recorded permanently? I, I have a friend who has a son who's six, six years old, and he can pull up on his phone. His son's a wrestler, and he can pull up on his phone videos of his son's competition for this coming match via some website or whatever that has six-year-olds recorded video data on their wrestling acumen. Same with if I got another buddy that claims it can be happening in T-ball. Same shit. T-ball and six-year-old wrestling and all that, it's permanently recorded and, and given for study and all that. And that's that's thrust upon not even, you know, they, they can to say they could even drive or smoke cigarettes or drink. Clearly not. They're six. But as adults, we all do that to ourselves too. It's it's almost it's not scary. But it's almost it's 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 changing the concept of what a person is because you, you can't have that multifaceted. Whereas I was stupid enough. I, I lived in uh, Maastricht, the Netherlands, for a while, and the Netherlands have some fun laws. And I just told my parents all the truth. And that was a mistake. Let me just put that out there. 
Uh, shouldn't have, shouldn't have done that. Shouldn't, shouldn't have, sorry, Phyllis, uh, Ma, I love you if you're listening. Um, but for those, for the rest of you that are smart enough to know not to do that, you do have to water down your own life's story if you're going to attempt to share it all, because it's better to give it passages and such. But that's wild that you had to do that professionally. You, you had to put on almost a show, I guess. Is that fair? You said you had to like act the part at least while you were playing it. it you know, is, is that fair? Is that a fair assumption? Yeah. I mean, there were, I used to be quite, like I, I would um, make jokes all the time on Twitter and this kind of stuff. And uh, you, 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 you really can't um, <laughs> like, I mean, or you, or you just go and be like a, like Elon Musk goes out on yeah, the complete say, other side of things. You have like, to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I almost think you have to be, I think Donald Trump is a good example of it to go into that world and not be impacted by all the little things. You, you have to be a narcissist. Um, mm. uh, otherwise, um, like you're, uh, um, to, to, to just not be taken into consideration all these running comments and, you know, for every like negative comment, like it's like 10 positive ones, you've been way to dip, like the negative ones are the ones that, 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 that stay with you. Um, and, uh, so there are some people who seem really capable of, of like just going to the other extreme and the lighting in it, thinking none of this matters. Um, to that, but um, I, 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 I'm they also tend to be nuts, like um, <laughs> Elon Musk or Kanye West or these guys. Um, Yo, Kanye, what up, bro? Please don't run for president. Okay, so speaking of president and, and Trump, if you want to go down that road, you don't have to. I'm not gonna print, but while you were, I mean, you lived in Africa for the first two and a half, three years of his presidency, give or take. What's the most uh, I've been there for 10 years, so uh, until the last six months, I've been in Africa. Oh, so I mean, the majority of Trump's the entire first term, and hopefully, well, whatever. But we're just going to say first term. Hopefully, last. What's their? What's the? What's the? African point of view. Hey, respect POTUS. Respect the position. Respect it. This He's is a POTUS. conservative podcast, Joe. <laughs> I'm so scared. Yeah. It's us I've and been... Alex Jones. We're the new info <laughs> one. You know, I'm here to stop, make frogs gay. Our base, Joe. Yeah, dude. Big base. Oh. All 10 followers about to be four followers. Sorry, everybody. But OK, so what is the what's the, the African? And I know it's, you're not by no means are you an ambassador. So I mean, I, I know it's even though you have a quite a big circle, it's still a small circle globally point in, in the circle that you ran with. What was the view of Trump? If you don't mind my asking. I know that's that's a oh, good question. He's a complete joke. I, I don't know a single Trump person other than the, the ridiculous ambassador he appointed to Kenya. Um, wow. But, um, wow. but he's like, like I have, I have a bunch of coworkers who are Nigerians who have degrees from us institutions and could go work for Google go work. And he's banned all Nigerians from coming to the U S like yeah, about that. something I like 12% of healthcare workers in New York are like West yeah. African immigrants. Yeah. It's um, insane. And, uh, it just makes it, 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 the Trump world makes no sense to the to uh, on Africa. It's just a joke. Oh, the one thing we do look at him constantly is be like, right now he's sending troops into rival controlled cities in yeah. prior to an election, and that's a behavior that we're very familiar with in Africa. Of, of, of shoot, shoot. Um, yeah, that's right? so. I don't even know the word. I did, my first thought was scary. My second thought was sad. And I don't know if it's either one or if it's both and more. But like that really, like 
That's that's so Gestapo esque. That's so fascist. It's staggering. It's borderline it's incomprehensible, and like the American ideal we all hold as Americans, that that would be a thing. And you know what the American ideal is? Is bringing people from other countries to make this country better. Like that's yeah. really what we do. Melting pot. Not if you're Trump. <laughs> no, 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 no. God, I've forgotten he had banned Nigerians because he's done a thousand other stupid things uh, like them. And I like, and maybe that's it. Like, if to play devil's advocate, to to on the, on the shortest of straw draw, if that's his genuine plan was to overload the American consciousness with too much stupidity and backasswardness, then then we can even comprehend that eventually we all become numb to it, or at least I have. Speaking solely for myself, I can't even keep up. With the stupid shit, because it's constantly new and constantly changed. That I, it's you just kind of let it go. And maybe that, if that was his plan from the beginning, he's brilliant. Was it? I doubt it. But if that was his plan from the beginning, it's it's a brilliant plan. It's certainly a strategy that has worked for him. Yeah, and I actually think a lot of it also has to do with with. Well, I'm a, I'm in Upper Michigan right now, and and um, and I, I was fascinated by the number of of confederate flags around and yeah, and yeah. oh yeah um, basically trump and i mean this is you can't get any closer to canada um this is it makes no sense it, it makes no sense but so but it, it it does in a certain sense in that you you don't wave a confederate flag like because um for the same reason you do an american flag it's not for to for individual pride in america it's to stick a finger in the other guy's eye you know it's going to piss people off, uh, and that's the the point of it all. It, it, so it has it no longer has a connection to like history or to 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 some kind of attachment to the history of the South. It has it has it's more about your own identity and a need to like assert it by by angering somebody else and get joy out of that being riled up. And I, I think once again, social media. When you look at like the guys marching on the streets with Confederate flags and the, the like, rah rah Trump crowd. It's, I think they've downloaded basically their social media existence, this kind of um, canopy existence um, into their real life. And they've given up their real life like connections um, to one another and to because none of this policies actually impacts them um, individually at all. There's the, the congressional district I'm in because I was fascinated by it. I looked it up. It's one percent black. It, it, these aren't like Southerners having to fight for black fight with black people for their jobs or upset about land rights or anything like this. It's, it's purely some kind of thing they downloaded from, from the ether out there to, to make part of their existence that has no bearing on their taxes or their healthcare or their job or anything like this. Um, And um, so I I think like this, this world this kind of postmodern media world works both ways and it, it, it abstracts us from our realities, um, but also forces us to be abstracted from, from, from our realities. And that's why I think it's not going to work for this generation. Like it's the worst thing for the generation above us and the generations going up. Like, I think it's the worst thing for them, but the generations behind us, I, I, I don't know for talk, just talking to like my nephews and stuff. I feel like it's having like the, almost the opposite effect of like, there's so much more empathetic and caring and and conscious and like just I don't know they're like really good like all of them are really good kids from what I know and they're like really like their generation's concerned about stuff 
that we were never concerned with. So they're going to have a lot more anxiety than we are, but yeah. They're almost aware the American dream isn't about making a billion dollars anymore. And that they are forced to be aware that the world is dying and that they are forced to be aware that those types of social actions and, you know, the, the whole idea of thinking globally and acting locally, like even Reddit has that entire feed of just people picking up trash and it's always under 40. Always. It's everybody that is, you know, supposedly young, just I know we're all under 40, but you know what I mean? Like it's, it's mostly high schoolers and college kids that are trying to aim for a better future for everyone, as opposed to this incredibly selfish, get yours, I'm a get mine style that has been, I don't want to say all baby boomers, but you know, that it's been the prevailing notion. I mean, that's kind of been the goal of everybody is I bought a house in 1968 for 30,000 and I'm going to sell it for 500 grand in 2020. You know, it, it's it, it, that notion might be dying. And maybe if there is a, a hope to all of this, Trump is the biggest, most obvious s- symptom of that. You know what I mean? Or expression of that, that maybe everyone's going to get around, you know, the, the younger generation, I hope is going to get on the same page. I hope. But there's one thing, Grant, I, I want to correct you. Uh, Michiganders as well as South Dakotans uh, waving the Confederate flag. It's heritage, not hate. So yeah, heritage. heritage. You know the heritage man. of north of the Mason-Dixon that loved the Confederate? Yeah. The, the, hold on well, now. Hold on. My heritage that my grandpa didn't own slaves. I mean, hold on now. I mean, I said... Uh, Joe, all you got to say is this is a conservative podcast. And that's so <laughs> preach, brother. Preach. But no, I, there is I can't a, stand it. I, there, there is a Michigan Civil War flag. That, that that nobody here waves that they 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 could use um, that's that, that the, the Michigan... actual heritage not hate uh, yeah but they well, don't choose that one it's not about um, that they were... to, to 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 vance's point i think it's also why like trump is losing something like 80 20 amongst under 35s um and it's why this group is obsessed with authenticity as like the the yeah the core thing they go is because I, I, the other thing I think that I've started to realize is it within the this kind of baby boomer crowd, the Fox News crowd, that's it. They know it's all a show. Like they know the Fox News host as soon as the the the, the camera goes off and he pulls out his earpiece is like, uh, I just stuck it to those rooms. Like like knows that they don't believe anything they're saying. They know that 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 Trump is not the Christian president. That he um, had an affair with a porn star and paid her off before the election. They know he's He's had all five kids good. by three different wives, like all that kind of stuff. They know this and they're, they're perfectly happy with suspending their, their disbelief here because their existence is in this like suspended canopy of, of identity that has nothing to do with who they are as, as people in their lives. While the reaction to that, I think within the 35s has been, let's get really serious about who we are as people in our lives, in our communities. And we're only going to value people that we think are whole people who, who are, um, not playing this game of, of saying things we know aren't true um, because they've been so turned off by the previous generation doing that. Yeah, they're on opposite ends of the spectrum with like authenticity, essentially. Yeah. That's, now, yeah. The challenge with authenticity is now the, the other side of the spectrum is, is like you can never make a mistake. Right. That's the problem is yeah, that like so you have terrible. to be that all the time, sort of like you were talking about with like the Twitter and representing the company. If you are representing yourself as an authentic thing, an ideal to believe in, then it's really hard to also be a person. 
Yeah. Yeah. With I mean, the separation. I made, Joe, I made Joe take me like all my Google stuff, like like Google hits off of this podcast because I was afraid like my clients would hear it and be like, I'm not saying anything like like oh, dude. bad. But I remember when you called it the conservative podcast like two minutes ago? We're a conservative yeah. podcast. <laughs> Dude, I'm scared right now. I'm in a sales sector that a lot of my customers are Republicans, and I respect them all deeply, and I like them all a lot. And I'm saying all of that because if they ever hear this and they heard me bashing Trump, I'm going to have to say something. So I respect all of them. I honestly do. But I have to say that because I am scared of that because I, I, I guess I admit I have to be not fully authentic in order to just fucking make a living. But maybe that's the point of the future is that that's, that's kind of the, the wave. Well, that's I, I like what you just said, Grant. Like meant a lot because it's like, oh, I just have to care about this one podcast with like, what, what are we up to? Ten viewers now? Back to ten, dude. We had twelve. Dropped to seven. Yeah, to ten. That's my that's my anxiety about this. I can't imagine w- like what it's like for the younger You're generation. Known. Like, yeah, it's like you can't make a mistake. Everyone's viewing you like forever everything you do is permanently filmed and posted and put online that is forever there always like vance do you remember those pictures we took at rachel's Lindsay's house oh my god you took those pictures glad jesus yeah. I forgot you. glad they're not permanent is all i'm saying yeah all i'm saying yeah. if they were we'd be in real trouble or- professionally or nothing illegal. Doing, we do, nothing doing, illegal. For the record, genuinely nothing yeah. illegal. Just dumb. Oh, never. Not racist. Not sexist. Just I have, Just really, for really the dumb. Record, for this podcast, I have never done anything illegal in my entire life. <laughs> never once. Not once. Never have. Never will. <laughs> never even thought about it. For the record, never even Actually, considered. You know what? We would have a video of you breaking Grant's nose. Is what we have video of. God, I feel so <laughs> bad. I'm glad you said that because, dude. Okay, I googled a lot of pictures, and I'm going to start here, but I'm going to circle back to what you just said. But like hiking, whatever. Do you ever wear a tie? I've, I googled and found a bunch of pictures of you, and you've never, I've never yeah, watched bro, you Chapel more. Days. <laughs> Chapel Days. Every Thursday. Every True. Thursday, dog. Mr. Littlefield would have been pissed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I mean, I, I no. Um, I, I've worn a suit, um, I think once with a tie in the last five years. And uh, I, I came over with the, um, with the president of Kenya to the White House during the Trump administration to sign some paperwork for an investment the U.S. government was guaranteeing into Twiga. And I had to go to Brooks Brothers like the morning of and buy a suit and tie because I because I don't wear them. Um, <laughs> yeah, me too. Me that's too. A totally. great story. Totally. Jesus, that's amazing, bro. Like, I, I hope you, I'm sure you do know that, but like, God, that's amazing, dude. Wow. Uh, okay, but then, okay, then, then what I was talking back, you seem like wicked in shape. Like a couple of pictures I saw you just like kind of like standing with like an arms crossed or whatever. Like you seem are you like a, like a fitness buff now? Wait, Grant has pictures with his shirt off on. Yeah, not yeah. Dude, shirt <laughs> off. Like, he's riding books. a horse. He's riding a horse holding a broadsword. Yeah. He's fucking dope. They're all the no, like, photos. Like, he just recreates all those. Exactly. <laughs> no, I'm no, I've seen a couple I, pictures of you. Just you were standing there, a full beard. You looked like super badass, like like Grateful Dead looking like, but like you just had arms folded, but your forearms were like bigger than normal. Like you'd be like normal, like average human being, certainly bigger than mine. Like, are you into fitness now? Is that a thing? Not, not really. Well, I just shaved again, but, um, um, no, I, I was, well, right now I'm really skinny. Um, because, because I wanted to, I was going to run the Kyoto marathon in October. Um, but it's, was just canceled a few weeks ago. Um, so I, I was, I was, shedding a bunch of weight for that. 
Um, and, and now I don't know what I'm going to do uh, with that. So, um, but um, no, I'm not like, I mean, I go to the gym on a, on a regular basis and, well, and run a marathon. Great. You said you're a marathon runner. So, yeah, dude, you just said you were well, training I mean, for a marathon. First. It's not, it wasn't, it was a, it was a first, not a permanent thing. Okay. Got it. Um, got it. Yeah. But um, no, I mean, I'm more, I'm more in shape than I was in high school. I wish yeah, in I high school somebody would have taught me how to be in shape um, because you I feel better. Anything in high school, man. Yeah. I wish too. Did you see, Grant, did you happen to see the picture that uh, Kyle or the video that Kyle posted on the, the HP website the other day? Yeah. 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 I don't, oh my God. I, I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. Dude, but it, it highlighted how little we actually learned. Or I mean, and don't get me wrong, we all seem to be like, like I mean, I'm not a smart person, but like the three of you guys all seem to be well-adjusted adults with jobs and handles on life and things. So I mean, for whatever HP did, it somehow worked. I will give it that credit. Yeah, are we going to credit HP for that? Are we really going to do that? Or, or, or what do we do? Are we just patting ourselves on the back? Yeah. Because I mean, don't get me wrong, I will. I'm shout out our parents we? on this one, perhaps. Ah, well, <laughs> my parents fucking suck, so I'm not... <laughs> I'm not giving my parents any fucking credit. I would have been better without them. So no. And I'm not giving HP credit either. HP fucking sucks. Well, self-made. I love love so many people from HP. Um, But no, I'm not giving them credit either. That was beautiful. That was the most real. You want to talk about being authentic. That's the most authentic (laughs) shit that's ever been said on this podcast. Yeah. I I was just trying to correct E because E, you did it by yourself. Okay, cool. Yeah, man, Ted, I'm already pissed when they hear this. No, yeah, see, I've I've met Eric's parents. They're great. I don't know what you're talking about. They're they're beautiful people. Wow, that's that went so far off the rails. I fucking love it. Okay, um, I don't have much else like prepared or whatever, but I did want to ask, and we were kind of talking about it before we started recording, whatever. But uh, it's not shot. I'm mispronouncing. Is it cot? Is that what is that how it's pronounced? The cot. Yeah, it's it's a it's a leafy substance that I've actually talked about with a dude at a wedding in South Dakota. Uh, he had actually been over, I forget what country at this point, because surprise, I might have had a few beverages at said wedding. It was an open bar. But we started talking about it because he he actually lived in Africa for many years. And he said he developed quite the liking for it. And he said he liked it more than coffee. But granted, you, you, I guess you're not either not a fan or you've never tried it. Is, is that the, is, is that fair? Is that the correct Joe assumption really here? About this cut, dude. I want it, dude. I really enjoy it. I really, really enjoy it. Sorry, I'm, I'm in this hotel next to the ice machine, and somebody's um, taking out ice. Um, <laughs> Are you in a public space right now? This is yeah, yeah because they don't have God. like a business uh, unit. But there's been nobody here because it's on like COVID protocols. So, Kat, you're um, staying in a hotel that doesn't have a business suite. I the life I pictured for you with with the stature yeah. you have, I expected fucking bitches and bottle service, and you you were and telling me you're in a hotel that doesn't even have. Triple B, service and business. But you're just staying in what, like a Ramada Inn or some shit? No, it's it's like a, um, it's 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 a, it's a golf resort. There's like four golf courses here. It's it's mostly for Ooh. people to play. It's like a club. You shoot? But they have they're some escaping rooms. from work. Yeah, it, they're not trying to work. Question: What'd you shoot? Yeah. Yeah. What do you play? Um, yeah, yeah. Right now, I'm down to about a six handicap, but oh, I, I want to get it down to scratch on the. Oh, Bruh. So I've been, right. I've been when you're putting DC, in some COVID time. Yeah, when you're <laughs> DC, we're playing so you can teach me things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. I, I'm um, not bad though. I'm like, I'm like, I use like 85 if, on a good day, really good day to like 95. Well, this is where like 
education sucked at high school, our sports education. I really liked golf growing up. And uh, nobody, like until I was an adult, nobody sat me down and was like, here's how you swing a golf club. And uh, you know what they did, Grant? They set you down and said, here's Jesus. And they gave <laughs> so you should be thankful, right? You don't need golf. All right. That's true. Didn't we have a golf um, team? Wasn't there a golf team? Yeah, yeah the there was, was, but it wasn't. The driving range of Lions. Like, it's not or Mo Willis. Hell yeah. <laughs> driving range of Lions. It was Coach Mick who was uh, – um, it wasn't a golfer who was teaching us. So, Kat Imara is – well, <laughs> I have an interesting story about this, but um, not, not about doing this, but about supply chain. Um, okay. Um, so – um, Mara's the tree, and I guess cut is is what is this like the Somali term for the leaf of the tree. And um, um, Kenya, it's just north of Mount Kenya. So uh, there's Mount Kenya, and then there's Kilimanjaro, and then in between is Nairobi, and they're actually pretty similar height mountains. But Kilimanjaro gets all the the attention. Um, and j- just on the northern sides of Mount Kenya, so as you're going like towards the deserts and where well Ethiopia and then South Sudan is where uh, Mara is grown in a town called Meru. And Mara goes bad in like 48 hours if it's it has to be consumed very, very oh. quickly. Damn. Um, so um, Meru is around the mountain where it's grown and about a five hour drive from Nairobi, Jomo Kenyatta National Airport. Um, and uh, so are you Google Earthing this? Oh, um, I see it right now. Yeah. So, so some Somalis and Muslims, uh, like um, North African Muslims, tend to be the the main consumers of of mara um, because it's it's like their main stimulant. Um, in the same way that Kenyans will drink alcohol, they'll they'll shoot maralis, and um, so they need to get it down to JKIA and then up to Somalia or to London um, with, before there was a ban in London uh, within 48 hours. Oh, So they load up these like Toyota Pro Boxes, which are like these four-wheel little wagons that cost $6,000, $7,000, and um, like soup them up um, uh, as cars and make them like speed racers. And then load these things full of like bags of, of, of raw and just fly down the highway every morning, like, like going 120, 130, to get it to the airport and like race down and guys have gone and they've bribed every police officer along the way along the checkpoint. So they won't uh, stop. So you're just, when you're, when you, if you get up and you drive to Meru in the mornings, you're just like having all these guys with like bundles and bundles of like this plant just fly, fly, fly by you. Um, And so we, we've been, um, we, it's also a good area to grow bananas, which is um, one of Twiga's largest, crops so uh i i've um spent uh, a lot of time up there and we hire these drivers and these drivers that we hire um would be nuts oh, yeah. like Man. like the the best drivers i've ever encountered in, in, in the world um so that's where morale comes from that is awesome that is so much more interesting than like what does it feel like i enjoyed wait, that. Well, that was, like i was on that ride with you that was wait amazing. while looking at this it, from meru to nairobi is the airport the ticket to yeah that's a long way and there's yeah, but they'll tall, it like two and a half hours shorter i know yeah it's not that bad way like what i used to do from austin to waco when i was bored so get there in about 90 minutes oh. 
She can do Google Maps from Beirut. That's wild. Kobe. All right, like- well, yo, then, uh, if you don't mind my pressing, because, uh, you know, Vance brought it up, so I, I'm going to press. Um, Jesus, you, you still on that side? How, where's, where are you at with, if you well, don't, I mean, we don't have to go there at all, but just curious. Ten listeners know that you did study, like, what you study, like, religious things in yeah. grad school? I, I did, uh, well, first undergrad, I did design, and then I worked on how um, religion impacts economic choices. In, in markets, um, first so, first concentrated sociology and then and then uh, economics. Um, so um, um, yeah, so uh, I have a lot of background here. So um, I haven't had to actually answer this question in a long time. Um, <laughs> that's well, that's why we're here. Yeah, three minutes in, hitting the hard questions. It's like two thousand four all over. Conservative podcast. <laughs> <laughs> So, because I, I kind of, um, you know, academically studied religion, and, and my, my um, master's in doctoral research was on on informal market traders, like women who sell on the side of the roads in Kenya, and how what religion they are impacts how they make trade decisions um, and stuff. Um, and then prior to that was just theory. Um, I like believe a lot in. The, the kind of inescapability of of belief and its purpose in getting us through day in day out life. So my answer would be: while I I don't think I believe in the like I, I can't say I believe in like the true like the true nature of the history of, of of the Jesus story. I'm very cognizant that I don't need to for the the story to have. Uh, meaning for me and to kind of give a lot of the narrative to my life. Um, there's an academic way to explain this that Vance might, um, I, you all might have reactions to. So there are, you remember Don Rumsfeld talked about Iraq and he talked about there are known knowns, unknown knowns, unknown unknowns. Yeah. You, you, you can kind of think about truth like that. So there are true truths, unknown truths, um, and um, true untruths so there there are things that we know to be true that are true then there are things we know to be untrue that that yet we 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 hold them to be true so like a, a really simple example of this is what we say about guns is treat every gun as though it's loaded we we know most guns aren't loaded but we behave that way um to to to, to suspend that belief yeah um and then there are things that we know um, aren't true, or, or the, the, the things that are true, that we pretend like they aren't true, to get us through the day. Um, so, um, like, uh, particularly moral thoughts. Like, if, if we disconnected ourselves from any, any sense of fate or fatalism, like if, if we just took ourselves as biological organic beings, it, it'd be very hard to 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 continue throughout um, the day making making moral choices. So in our like day to day language, we suspend a lot of belief um, of things that we know in our like weird deep deep in our souls. No, this probably isn't true, but we act as though they are anyway. Um, in in all these ways, and I think coming from the context that the four of us are, which is largely a Christian context, we've been so pre-programmed to that story 
that that's kind of like our operating system. Um, and we can't escape like the basics of how we think about time or how we think about fate in our lives or how we think about community or how we think about relationships from this operating system um, that we're, that we're, um, that we, we're kind of socialized into from a very young age. And we will probably socialize our children too, because it's, it's really, really ingrained in us. I'm going to try my best not to. Well, well it's, I, yeah. Go ahead, Vance. No, no, go ahead. You're going you, you to say what I'm going to say. Yeah. <laughs> no, I want to know. I, I want to know what Vance is. I think he's saying, like, it's not that you're going to introduce them to the church, but I miss church. I miss, like, going to and seeing people that fake care about me even though they don't have to care about me but they care about me you know like like when you're like in sunday school and like you're all like hanging out and like shit like that like i miss that the community and i wish exactly and like there's a chance i think then correct me if, if, if i'm wrong grant but i think grant's saying is there's a, there's a chance that like you're gonna want to maybe have your kids and something like that because it's it was informative for you and it kind of like shaped your worldview and so you're going to always get it like it's always going to be there. Is that is that wrong, Grant? Yeah. And, and like it's deeply programmed in our language. So if I think about like just how we speak about time, doing time, being on time, having time, sharing time, we since the 12th century or so in our language treat time as though it's a commodity because of our Christian tradition. Try try to go throughout a day without treating time as though it's like a commodity that's traded in your language. But this is not something that every other culture does. This is something like very particular to the Christian tradition. And that has like direct impacts in how we think about fatalism. Like when you think about um, purpose-driven life, like one of these texts, one of these books we were given as high schoolers a lot. Oh yeah. Like the, that one. one of the tasks of being an American, um, like a white American of our tradition, of, of the WASP tradition really, is is your overarching life narrative is to go out and find what the purpose to your life is, regardless of if you're Christian or not Christian. Just go and look at the bookshelves um, for the self-help section, and they're all about that and seeking that kind of, they're, they're, as though there's a true self, and then there's the self that you are, and your job is to, to discover who that tr true self is and align with that. And I think that is so deeply programmed as an operating system into us that that. Um, it's going to be hard to escape and, and kind of the, the, the choice about church or not is setting aside the history of it. It's the, do you want to live into a community that shares um, those, those narratives and stories? Because really you do need things to live by um, and the community is important. And there are plenty of churches that set aside the history of the matters um, to it all. Um, or do you want to be an objector to that and try to redefine um, existence really, because we, we construct our existences um, in, in, a, in a new way. And most people that try to redefine existence, I think, have a very hard time um, doing so. Well, Incredibly hard time. Just well, as, well, yeah. Well, my only thing with that, because I, I feel like Grant, I feel like we had, had similar to this conversation or something we were talking about in Princeton. I don't know. It's, it was hard. I don't remember it, but I don't remember a lot. But I, my problem with that argument is like, yeah, that's true, sure, but it's hard for me to actually like, I can't believe in a sky god that's watching me while I'm masturbating. Like that's 
where no, that's just me watching you for the record. That of course, I and I welcome you uh, to do that, but you can't watch me all the time, Joe. <laughs> and God, so, so Grant, do you? If you don't want me asking, do you yeah. believe in any type of overarching deity still uh, of any type? I, by no definition, but just is there something more powerful than say humans? So, it, yeah. So so. I don't believe that we're individual biologically autonomous beings. And I think it's, I think it's important for us to exist that we have this kind of, um, Peter Berger called it a sacred canopy, like a world of communion that we hold up over ourselves. That is our way of operating, um, and our way of being human. And you are only human because of your participation in, in that, um, that, that communion. Of, of understanding yeah. and of, of constellation. Um, so yeah, I believe that exists and is active force in history. Um, and I, I think there doesn't need to be a, a necessarily a, an I thou like a split um, between ourselves and our notion of, of what God is. I think it's 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 it seems acceptable to me to accept that God is is um, this communion of everyone um, that's um, existing and yet to exist like this everybody that we want to include in within that um, hmm. that that is holding us to um, it, it pretty much is eternity like it's 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 forever as far as long as long as people are going to be around. Um, and um yeah so um now uh, i don't i don't think there's a sky god here but to, to vance's point about about masturbating in the corner i suspect vance that you think that that community like maybe not in that in that like instance but there are times throughout your day that you have a feeling that there is this like community of eyes watching you um and um no i i, I look at my inbox and i see the 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 like 200 emails that I have and, and also Every the goddamn day. and and the calls and everyone's watching me. Everyone's watching. But we, so, we presuppose an other uh, um, like um, a subjective non-real other all the time um, with, with, with how we behave. Yeah. Um, In theory, the world is, you know, nuclear war, literally every human being, all life on earth ceases to be we are shattered into minuscule particles dust is there still something and i know i'm using god as, as the most loose term you know what i mean is there still something is it just us is, is are we the only reflection of it is there something more eternal past the human race so i i don't know i mean i do believe like saint ignatius said whatever your idea of god is god is almost certainly bigger um and that's either like the most conservative thought about theology or the most liberal thought about theology. Well, we are a conservative podcast. There we go. Um, and I, I, I kind of find it to be like a hopeful, very liberal thought um, to say any, any time you try to put an identity on this, um, it's like remember those, those, those toys that were like um, slime and a gel tube that you couldn't hold on with your hands. Um, yeah. Yeah, I remember those. Um, it's a bit like that. Like any time you try to say this is this is God, God is quickly not that thing in history. Mm. 
uh, um, or, or bigger than that. Um, and I find that to be hopeful. So in your nuclear like example, um, I don't, I don't, there's still a there there. Like there's still, there's, there's still, um, atoms are colliding. Um, so. my, my, my wife actually thinks the same way. My wife like has basically described the same thing that you, you just described in her thinkings about like, well, hopefully these 10 users, do, she doesn't care that I shared that, but, but she, she oh, I'm sure by now we're down to six users guaranteed. But, and I told her if one thing happens, there's this one thing, I can't say it, but if one thing actually happens, then I will believe in the existence of some sort of universal tying in of everything. Off air. I need um, to know what that is. E, I don't think I've ever asked you while we're here. I don't think I've ever had you on a God, uh, God talk. Where, if you don't mind me delving in, can, can I aim this, this yeah, I absurd would say microscope your way? I still have the more traditional belief of God that we grew up with compared to everybody else. It fits into what Grant is talking about. And it does. The, the idea that God is bigger than any definition we have for him or any idea that we have for him. And I would say that to me, ultimately, it still just comes down to believing. Like, I don't know that you're ever going to prove it. I don't know that you're ever going to say, oh, this means this, this means this. It literally is just, what do you believe? And you, you were, you, if you're choosing yes or no, you're saying yes, there's something. Absolutely. Just based off all my experiences, what I feel inside, and so much of what we do is based on feel anyway. Like, you know, the atoms colliding, all that stuff, that is, how are we feeling? And so, yeah. to me... It rings is true. That's honestly, I, I prefer that as an answer than I have scientifically studied and I've got facts on that. I could give a fuck, honestly. What do you feel? And if, that, if that's what you feel, that's that's your truth. I, I can dig it. So what I'm saying is, Vance, it's three to one, bro. You joining our team or what? Uh, you know so what? I'm kidding. I don't give a shit. You know what? <laughs> I wish I could, man. I'm jealous. I wish I could. Do you think you not? Do you think this is more about? How do I want to put this? Do you think your experiences in this side of the team are what hold you back no. from wanting it? Or what do you think it is? Unfortunately, no. It's just like you can't. think it's literally you you can't wrap your mind around the idea it's that just, there's more out there. There's just no literally absolute there's no proof whatsoever, scientific proof whatsoever, or any sort of proof whatsoever. That could, I don't know, man. I just, yeah, that could ever convince me that there's now barring this one thing. Now I do believe that maybe there is some sort of like universal. No thing I could like maybe like believe in. Maybe is that there's some sort of universal like cosmic karma that if you get fucked over at one point, you won't get like, and you're a good person, you won't get fucked over later. Or if someone's a bad person, then they maybe get fucked over later. But that's that's about it. So you think Trump's going to jail if he doesn't get reelected? No, no, he won't. He won't. <laughs> that, that's so, not. They, I, I don't think. Why, that's why do you associate magical thinking with with belief in a? In, uh, with, with ooh, zombies, I, I love that question. With the zombie. I love that question. Jesus, Jesus rose from the dead, apparently, as a zombie. Yeah, but beyond Jesus. And I know that okay. I might be distancing myself right. from Eric's point of view then here. And I'm not, I don't mean to discredit. Are we talking discredit. about the Bible? No. Are we the Bible? I'm, the, just me. And I do not represent Eric here. But fuck the Bible, bro. I'm just talking about something that might be bigger. 
Anything, what? some tiny, anything, literally any infinitesimally so small chance of anything. Why not? Well, well, explain to me how or why, and then I'll answer. Oh, it. I'm not. I ain't trying to convert you or anybody. <laughs> Nobody's made it this far. Nobody's still listening, so it doesn't matter anymore. I'm not trying to convert shit. I just think there's there has to be something. There's a tiny chance that something might be, and so I latch onto it. But aren't there the chances? Bigger that there there isn't. Mm. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how you quantify that. I, I don't know how you put numbers to God. You know. No, I, I think the chance is quite high that we can't we can't com- comprehend we, the, the the explanation is not even any, anywhere on our radar. Yeah, um, I'm fine with that. I'll, I'll admit that. Yeah, yeah, that, that's fine with me. But that that doesn't equal. I'm going to believe in like a higher power, but yeah, I'll acknowledge the fact that like, there's probably something that I can't, some higher power that I don't know of, but I haven't seen any empirical data of it. I haven't seen like anything that will convince it, convince me that it has anything to do with our lives or our existence or science or gravity or any of the laws that we know. So yeah, but I'll admit that. Yeah, of course. Like I can't not prove that. No, I'm like I, mean, I can't. I, I can't I, prove one way or the other. There's, I, I have no be, proof. I, I want to be with you guys. Trust me. I just can't. It's just like I can't. I have to be like I'm like an ultimate realist. I am. If if you were gonna bet on it, you're betting no. And no, if I was gonna bet on, that's a really good question. No one's ever asked me. Would it depend on the odds? Yeah, yeah. I'm giving you. I'm giving you one to one on your money. Both sides are getting minus one. One to one. Oh, come on, man. That's easy. Now, if you're going like. I'm giving you. I'm giving you minus one hundred five on pro god, minus one hundred five on no god. What do you? What do you take? No god, all the way. Put it double down. Let's go. <laughs> my money. And then Jeez. you guys are all. You guys are all in heaven. Like wow. Like, celebrate with my money. I, I mean, Vance, do you, do you think the socially suspended reality, if you call yourself a, a realist, like the the all, all these rules that we hold to about our language of. of of place and fate and all that. Do you think that is as real as, as, as reality in terms of a physical tree? No, mm. no, Interesting. not at all. See, that's I where I think, I, I think that is just as much a reality as anything else we perceive. Um, I get that. I just don't like, I don't know. I need more data, I guess. Because, because there's like a duality here that you're, you're taking there's there's a anything human constructed you're 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 discounting the basically the authenticity of it the, the realness of it in that in that True. respect um and, and then well, and now no. you but and well, now you're saying things are real that fundamentally exist um but i'm not sure why there's a difference here well no i'm not discounting anything humans have created i'm discounting the things that can't be like empirically proven yeah and that influence people's uh decisions on their worldview like i don't want there to be a world where a muslim god can convince you to strap on a bomb and go kill people like that's not something i don't think that's a good thing um, Could I argue that it's not the Muslim God, it's the Muslim pastor who's an asshole in the same way that there have been plenty of Christian assholes and plenty of you you know, could, the Catholic Crusades, yeah. plenty of just human assholes. That's not necessarily – I mean, look, I don't know shit, but I don't think that's – whoever God is correct or if they're all the same, I don't think God put that in their head. I think they were just an asshole. Well, 
read the Bible first. <laughs> There's a lot of that shit in there. Um, mm-hmm. So, but yeah. we're not. But that that's besides the point. Like that's that's not the question you asked me. I think when it comes down to like an overarching thing like that, I, I just like there. The other explanation makes way more sense. And I don't know. I, I, I get what you're saying, but I think it's still like, I don't think there would be existence without that human constructed canopy of meat. Some sort of consciousness. Yeah. There, there, there wouldn't be, there wouldn't even be language. There wouldn't be ways to perceive the things that you perceive as real. Um, is that God though? Like I'm fine with that. Yeah, sure. Is, do I believe in God now? If I believe in that, there's some sort of like human consciousness. Yeah. Okay. Well, God, yeah. We did. The, the, it. Totally. Kidding. God. God tends to be the language for for we arrive the suspended disbeliefs within that the things that it's required to get through the day. Um. With, hmm. Within that. So when when you strip out God from that, it. it um, it, there are some other things about life that you would need to strip out along the way um, um, as well that, that, that um, God here is a sociological concept, not a beat that, that actually make it quite hard to get through life. Like what? Like I, I, I bet you cannot go through your day without a sense of faith. I don't ever think about fate. Like once, I never, I I'd never think about that. Really? So no. So like, what, like what uh, my fate is, or fate itself. Are what you doing what you should be doing? It is an is another way to put it. If I do, I should. I don't know. It's a good question. I never thought about it. <laughs> I think well, so. It, so the question in there, you the word should in that question is fate. Got it. Got it. Okay. I see what you're saying. Okay. Got it. So there's there's a an element of like, am I doing the right thing? Am I is that what you're talking about? Like like questioning yourself on that and that's what you're talking about? Most like I said a bit earlier, I think most of us have a a like a, a lived self in the here and now and then a perceived self that we're trying to live into. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um yeah. and that, that perceived self is kind of downloaded from the ether of this collection of expectations. Um, th- but it, it's something that doesn't really exist. If you were to sit back, this is not, it, to your definition of reality, this is not a tree stump. But it's something that most of us think exists. Got it. Got it. So I should get on board with you guys because one of the things that I experience in life overlaps with one of the crazy ideas that you have. <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. I'm not trying to do like a politics to convince you. Over. Yeah, I'm not trying. No, to do I know you're not. I know you're not. I know you're not. <laughs> Eric and I were just talking about that apologetics course that's, last week. That's where my brain goes. Like, what? I don't. But okay. Yeah. Like, no, I agree. No, I. I don't think any one of us here are trying to convert anybody, and that's not what any. I, I think it's that we all might secretly believe the same thing, but just slightly different slices of it. I know my slice involves a lot more f bombs and motherfuckers than the rest of y'all's, but I think it's deep down all the same. I could be wrong. I don't know. Either way, this is not at all where I had tonight's podcast going. I had so many boring business questions, and this has been fun as hell. Yeah. Genuinely, I, I I really appreciate it. like all three of y'all for coming on. But Grant, dude, like, thanks for showing up, bro. This has been incredibly fun. Yeah, it took a lot more work for you to do this than us. Yeah, yeah, good lord. <laughs> well, it wasn't that much work, but uh, it, it was. I'm glad I had this old phone with me. 
Uh, I'm so glad you did. So glad you did. This was this was incredibly interesting. I would love to have you back on. You know, obviously a couple months down the road to check in or just see what you're doing or whatever. But uh, but yeah, man. Seriously, thank you for coming on, dude. This has been great. Well, see you. See you guys later. Thanks a lot, Jeff. Hell yeah. Thanks for listening, anybody. If you've made it this far into it, remember we're a conservative podcast, America conservative first podcast. We we don't know if we've even got yet, but we're, you know some of us do. Some maybe us we're, do. Not, we're still debating. It's kind of a it's kind of a thing. Thanks, y'all.